Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Will the ACC being left out of the college football playoff potentially lead to more conference realignment and quicken the questions surrounding the overall health of the Atlantic Coast Conference? That's coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network here. Also, uh, you guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on X slash Twitter. I am at NWPod365. You guys can find the show at that location. You all can find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. If you are watching on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and also uh, like the videos and leave your comments. Those things all help. All those things. If you guys could do that, it'd be great. Um, Late on the show today, and uh, that's because I was at the Broyles Award presentation here in Little Rock, Arkansas. So anytime you get to go to a, a presentation like that, obviously, for, you know, usually it's pretty expensive to go. Uh, I was able to go free of charge. David Basil, who I work with, runs the event. So I got to see Phil Parker, got to see Mike Denbrock, got to see Will Stein, Sharon Moore, Mike Bobo, all up there. And then Phil Parker of Iowa, congratulations, getting the award for the best assistant in the country. It's pretty uh, overdue. I thought it would have been Sharon Moore, Will Stein, honestly, winning the Broyles Award. But uh, Phil Parker cannot say that he is not deserving. I, I think Mike Bobo would have been like, eh, Mike Denbrock, maybe their offense was awesome though. Uh, if you gave me Stein more or Phil Parker, I would have been fine with any of those three. Uh, I don't think there's anything you can, you can really debate about that. Like any of those, like there's a pretty strong case for all three of those guys. So congratulations to all of them. And also congratulations to Phil Parker on the win. Um, that's why his show is coming late today. Uh, the realignment stuff, you know, you're going to see different things in different places. The the conversation I think a lot of people are having is this. Well, the ACC gets left out of the playoff, and specifically it's Florida State who gets left out of the playoff. The power two are consolidating. Florida State has shown such a desire to go and get out. Will this hasten things, will it quicken things up for the ultimate demise of the ACC? It's a worthwhile question to ask. 
but there are a lot of factors that we have to admit. And I think the first factor we have to admit is once again, guys, there's five power five conferences and there are four, four uh, playoff spots in its current iteration. So we've had years where multiple conferences have been left out, right? There were years where the SEC got two, right? A couple of years ago. Uh, and so there are going to be years where multiple conferences are left out. And that's just the nature of the beast. This year it happened to be a, the ACC, but the way they were left out, in my opinion, and the opinion of many was dubious. That would have been the SEC would have been left out this year, which in my opinion should have happened, uh, but it did not. And I do think there is an element of, of the ACC getting some disrespect that did cause this, but also to, I think it's a bad faith argument about the quarterback play. Um, now, I think if you countered and said, Josh, well, if this was Alabama with their logo, would it happen? It's Florida State's an ACC school. Maybe I'd say yes, too, but it wouldn't be that hard to say, look, they played two SEC schools. They beat them both, right? Florida on the road, the backup quarterback, and then also to LSU neutral site by multiple scores. So they they proved uh, against the SEC that they were good enough in those games. Look like they scheduled hard and they could only beat the teams on their schedule in addition to that. So a year where you play top 15 team in the championship game, a road game against Florida, who, I mean, once again, they pushed, they played a lot of close games. I mean, they played a lot of close games this year, but they did push, obviously, Missouri. They did beat Tennessee pretty handily. Uh, they put, we saw them push, uh, you know, Florida State some in that game too. And also then they played LSU to start the year off and they beat them pretty badly. So I, I think they more than earned that, that trip. But I, I do think that we know Florida State wants to leave the ACC and this will quicken their desire to leave. The big question is this, though, folks, is there has been yet yet to be besides like the eight schools voting and getting out of there, which, you know, we have not seen them be able to come to that kind of a decision yet. I mean, they're still generally speaking, voting together on things, right? Three schools voted one direction uh, on something. Uh, NC State, uh, Clemson, I believe, and also Florida State voted in one direction on on, on something on the additions of, of, of more schools. But at the same time, like, that's nowhere near eight. You need double that. And also those folks need guaranteed places to go, right? That is what you need to get out of the conference. And so to me, I have not seen reporting that would indicate that any kind of vote is imminent that it's going to suggest they've got the votes to get out. There might be a desire. And also I think the ACC's kind of that weird situation with the bowls really did screw them because I think they counted on Florida State getting in. They didn't really have contingency plans ready to go. Great story over at The Athletic about this situation. Um, you know, them not being able to get all that stuff uh, together and not make it happen. So I get it. Um, I get where a lot of folks are coming from on that. But once again, you know, the words that were used to me and to others by people I trust, like Tom Luganbill, like Barrett Salee, like the people I talk to in ACC country where I am from, you know, there is no indication, at least in my opinion, that there is a clear path to getting out of the conference. And also, you know, Florida State and Clemson may be like, I don't know what they could do to independently finagle their way out of this. But, you know, the what makes them different and what makes those like those two schools specifically much different than everybody else is the Florida State is a massive brand. And them being back now, and, and Mike Norvell has got them, you know, I mean, they are 
they are pretty close to being back to humming. It looks like they've got the right coach. I mean, you can't argue at 13 and 0 with losing two quarterbacks fighting the way they did the last couple of weeks to get there. I know the Boston College game wasn't pretty. Uh, I know the Florida game wasn't pretty. I know the Louisville game wasn't pretty, but their defense stepped up even more when they needed them to. And that that's an indication to me of a well-coached team of knowing what it is you have to do to reach perfection and to win. And they reach perfection. They grab that. That just shows me even more that Mike Norvell understands what he is doing. So you have a power, you know, that, that does well TV ratings wise, that is ascending maybe even back to star power, uh, you know, maybe even to, to Clemson levels, right. Or to former Florida state levels, whatever you want to say, they are going to have the ability to attract not just their own financial resources, but we talked about them teaming up with private equity. They have the ability to do that in a way that I'm not sure other athletic departments have in the ACC, right? I'll just use a school I grew up rooting for. Virginia Tech is a strong brand. And, and you know, it's it's been weakened some, but that internal core of Virginia Tech fans is is you know, there are large swaths of them. Uh, they are wide ranging. They are in a, you know, a lot of them in a major market in terms of Washington, D.C. Uh, and so you've got kind of what you want, like that checks things off, right? And they're still a pretty good TV draw, uh, you know, most of the time. And when they're back, you know, there's like they were a consistent draw when they had Frank Beamer there. Um, at least that, that's the indication I get. Like that's a strong bet. If Brent Pry, let's just say Brent Pry is the next Frank Beamer. Even if they're back there, like, is Virginia Tech Florida State? You know, are they? No, probably not. And so the investment you could get, and like, that's what it would take at this point in time, you know, and once again, at this point in time to get out of that. We're about to go to 2024. Folks, the ACC television contract, which sucks, but also keeps them safe, is running until 2036. And if, if people are saying ESPN conspiracy this, ESPN conspiracy that, remember, folks, ESPN has a really good racket right now with, with the ACC. They get, uh, I mentioned Virginia Tech, they get Virginia, they get Georgia Tech, they get Miami, they get uh, you know Florida State, they get Duke, they get Carolina, they get NC State, they get Clemson, they get them all. And now they're adding SMU, another good market, and they're adding Cal and Stanford, more, more television eyeballs in those places that go along with Boston, where they are, Washington, D.C., where they are, uh, you know, obviously uh, Atlanta, where they are, now Dallas, the Bay Area, right? And like this goes back to the whole idea hey, why does the Big Ten add Rutgers? The Big Ten adds Rutgers because they are in New Jersey, the most densely populated state in the country, and also New York City. That makes more eyeballs. You put the Big Ten Network on in those places. Good business for them to be on in all of those places. Um, that's good business there on their fronts. You know that, that that's what you want to. That's what you want to be doing. Um, and you know, expanding that way is is I guess good for the ACC in terms of eyeballs and whatnot. But this is these are not a bunch of like high caliber brands that can attract private equity or things like that, right? The idea there being that some private equity firm or collection, a you know, consortium of private equity plus donor money, all that stuff could come together and you could try and fight the ACC um, and get out of there. It sounds great, but like ESPN is not going to want that at all. Guys, ESPN's got a good deal with all of those schools. They have the exclusive rights to the ACC. They've got the ACC network. 
They've got them on a good dollar figure as well. As much as they're paying for Syracuse, they're probably happy to be paying that same amount. You know, they might be overpaying for a Syracuse, overpaying for a Wake Forest, overpaying for a Boston College, right? It's kind of how these conferences work. I mean, the Big Ten is overpaying for Purdue, but you are in some ways underpaying for Ohio State. And that's kind of how this this entire situation works. But I'm sure, you know, in that that 30s range, whatever they are paying right now, they're pretty pleased with that or 20s range, whatever it is. They're pretty pleased with that because that's a good price for those schools. So Florida State and Clemson, all them can try and fight it. But and I'm not saying there's no way to do it. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know for sure. But but guys, we have not heard about a way that they can fight this all the way. And we have not heard any situation and I'm not saying it can happen, but yet we have not heard a situation where the ACC would break up. Like that's just not been brought to us. So I think the question here is the, the college football playoff situation will obviously fat, uh, you know, hasten the desire of, of a Florida state and of a Clemson to get out of there, to get more money, to not be behind, to make sure they have the respect, right? You know, and maybe Clemson and Florida state now are worried. Well, yeah, we have an automatic bid in a 12 team playoff, but what happens if we're number, you know, we're the winner of the league? What happens to our conference championship game loser? What happens if they go up, go up against an SEC team in terms of like, you know, if the committee's picking, if the committee's picking Clemson versus a three loss LSU, right? Do we get the hook? Uh, you know, because they feel like LSU is, you know, they're getting the SEC treatment if they feel like that's the case, right? They feel like the ACC wasn't strong, you know, strong enough league top to bottom. They want better competition to guarantee their status. All of those things I understand. And I think, you know, the desire once again has just been doubled and tripled by those schools to get out of there. It has been, it's yet to be shown to me the way they can get out at a price that matters. Like I just need to see it. I need to see it. If somebody has it, I understand and I'll get it and I'll totally say I get it, but I have yet to see a way in which they're actually able to find their way out. I have, I have yet to see a way that makes sense to me, a clear path forward, if you will, for them to get out of the league. And so with that, that kind of spins it forward to like, all right, is the big 12 waiting? I'm sure Brett Yormark is ready and waiting because ACC schools, guys, there's a lot of good basketball ACC schools, and I'm sure he would love to go and grab them. But here's what's not going to happen. Florida State's not leaving the ACC for the big 12. That's not happening. They're not going to go to a league that, uh, that does not contain the power schools and is not getting large chunks of money. They're leaving for greener pastures. They're leaving for more cash. That is ultimately where they want to be, where they want to go. And I don't think that they're going to go to Clemson, same thing, Miami, same thing, Carolina, NC state, Duke, they're not going to the big 12. Like you could see Duke in the big 12. Sure. I Nice to have an academic school like that or basketball desire, right? If you are Brett Yormark in the Big 12, you're thinking about the Pittsburghs, the Louisvilles of the world, those schools that geographically make some sense. And that's a big if, if these schools end up, you know, if, if the opportunity is there, you know, maybe Georgia Tech, if they're left out because that's a nice Southeastern partner in a place like Atlanta that you could, you know, you can go and grab somebody. But, you know, they have to think about more like, don't just grab Syracuse because they're good, they were good at hoops a while ago. I wouldn't do that. I don't think Brett Yormark is, right? The intrigue in Gonzaga has been talked about, but there has not been movement on that as far as we've been told recently, right? We, we actually thought like coming weeks, whatever, 
you know, talked about that was possible, but nothing's actually happened on that front. So yeah, you know, like we talked about this a few weeks ago too. Hey, what places would they be interested in? I think Virginia and Virginia Tech would be a good, uh, you know, additions because strong basketball, the UVA, obviously for historically Virginia Tech, strong football, Washington, D.C. market, kind of all the things you want to, you know, kind of checks off boxes, get you in a different place. And so that is there. That opens up the door, I think. But the problem is nobody has actually talked about how to open the door besides that vote. And it does not seem like, there, guys, there's no incentive for the television networks to let them off the hook. Why would why would ESPN want to let any of those schools go and pay more money for them in different places? Is it tenable? I don't know. Like those programs will fall behind financially in some ways. Yes, that is 100% true. And so the conference might have to ask for more money and say, hey, ESPN, look, you had to chip something else or else our product is going to become inferior. That is totally possible. But still, there is a whole lot to be sorted out with the college football playoff right? With the future of the sport itself, we're seeing different payment models be floated around. Um, I personally think the, the, the way this most likely goes, uh, collectively bargained is how this stuff's going to be. I think the players will eventually, you know, get some of the TV money, um, from the, from the CFP, from football in general. I think it'll end up like the money they get from that might be put into a fund, right? The actual revenue money they get, um, paid will go into some kind of fund for the fund for the future, whatever the NIL money, I think continues to be like the steady stream that when you're now in school, you get to make, maybe that's the combination they do. But if they have any kind of decent players union, you know, and I hope they, they're able to find some good reps and not sure how it gets headed up. They're going to need kind of some apparatus, some body to, to help them. And once again, folks, I think there are serious, serious doubts about the, uh, the longevity of the NCAA of how much more involvement the NCAA is going to have in modern college football. And I know it's the NCAA tournament, but you have to think, Hey, if the conferences are going to take over the football tournament, why wouldn't they just take over the basketball tournament as well? Expand that thing, more games, more money, more TV revenue, because you're getting the full share. So I do think that um, that's where the sport is headed. That's one of the many things that has to be sorted out here. But I feel like now we're kind of in a fast-moving space, right? We've got all the changes coming next year. We have got four new teams in the Big Ten. We've got two new teams in the SEC. We've got two teams leaving the Big 12 and four teams coming into the Big 12 out of the Pac-12. We've got the Pac-12 straight up going away. We've got lower level conferences continuing to move around and jostle as well. And obviously the ACC hangs on and three more teams, by the way, joining the ACC, the ACC hangs on, but it feels like it's only a matter of time. And even if that matter of time is still going to be over a decade or, you know, five, six years, it feels like that conference in some ways is on borrowed time because its biggest brands want out and they want out bad. And they're going to find out a way to get out as soon as possible for the best price possible. Or even, you know, they might even pay extra to get out of there because it feels like those schools don't want to be anymore. But it goes back to this idea. Besides that vote of a majority of the teams, which it appears they do not have, what is the way that, and because there's been no vote like that yet, um, what is the way to get out? And here is the thing, like the, 
there is no incentive once again for the TV networks to let any of them out. There's none. There's none. Um, and the amount of money some of these schools would be collecting, it would be marginal, right? Uh, you know, how much is like, I'm not sure Fox necessarily wants to add Virginia Tech and Virginia. I'm not sure Fox wants to add Pitt in Louisville if that's available. They probably only want to add it for a certain price, right? So you'd have to guarantee these schools a way out. And the only reason those schools should leave and leave their kind of nest of safety right now in the ACC, which once again, the, the contract is the problem but also their salvation in a way, uh, why would you leave that? You, you need guarantees you're going to be getting more. You need guarantees it's going to make sense. It's going to work, right? So that's why I don't think you have those votes right now. And also too, we've seen it, you know, like, hey, if you get left behind, there's no guarantee you're going to be going off to greener pastures. You have to make the right decision at the right time. So they do have to be calling and checking in on things and everything like that. All ADs and school presidents should be doing things like that. But guys, Washington State and Oregon State, like they've got a two-year scheduling alliance with the uh, with the Mountain West. That thing's signed, and they've you know they've got they've got to deal with that now. They have to live with that, um, and then you know breaking that might be like a financial issue for them. And they still got to figure out what the Pac-12 situation is going to be. So you know that that's still way up in the air at this point in time. Because the Pac-12 make a comeback as a zombie Pac-12, the Mountain West goes away. All of these things are still up in the air. There's so much to be decided. So I'm not saying movement's not happening. I'm just skeptical of it happening anytime soon, right? I do think the realignment conversation around the ACC will continue to swirl because all of these conversations do, but there is no easy path. For what we talked about with the Pac-12, there was an easy path, right? We all saw the path forward because of the fact that uh, their contract was running out and they were up against the wall and they, the big 12 jumped the line and got a contract and they did not get one, the pack them being the pack 12. And so that kind of put things very much in flux for them. Um, and there is nothing like that for the ACC. So it's going to be an interesting legal argument. Once again, I'm not a lawyer. The votes don't seem to be there. And I, I don't see a lot of sources out there at least yet. There are people in the reporting I trust. And once again, guys, like we can talk about, hey, Oregon State, Washington State, great additions to Pac-12. Uh, look at the TV numbers. Guys, guys, if they had some value, ESPN is not asleep at the wheel. They would have added them. They would have added them to a big conference if they had some serious value. They just don't. A lot of people watch those games because of when the games are on. They are large state universities, yes. And they, once again, they've done good numbers in the past. But like, it's not like they're sitting there every Washington State game does great at 3 p.m. Look who they are playing in the, in the big games that they do well in that are during the day. And also look at the big games that they do well in numbers wise when they happen to occur that they don't involve like, you know, big brands. Right. So just just mind be mindful of that stuff. You might say, well, Josh, that means that they're going to do well in those late night time slots. Yeah. But like the Big 12 can get that without potentially watering down their conference. Uh, and and spreading out money to less places, you know that they, they th those two schools are not in a position of strength to be negotiating right now. So I don't know why you know you would want to take them on because they're not necessarily additive at this point in time, uh, financially, short term, long term. I, I don't necessarily know if they're additive. So that is all of these things that are being bandied about and considered. But there's no doubt the ACC is the place to look now when it comes to realignment because they're on the clock they are seriously on the clock. And, if, and when it comes to the big 12, now it might be a long clock, but when it comes to the big 12, I think they'd be ready and waiting to scoop up some of the brands 
But once again, guys, the finances will define that. There needs to be a conversation about, hey, what's the price? What's the add of the conference? And is it a good thing for everybody involved? All right, so we're going to start doing our series about biggest questions for teams during bowl season. But we're going to start off doing, uh, you know, biggest questions facing uh, non-bowl teams. So we'll talk about the teams at the bottom of the league and discuss like the biggest question facing BYU, Houston, Baylor, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm trying to think those those schools. Yeah, Houston, Baylor, Cincinnati, BYU. I'm not sure if I missed anybody else who missed it. Oh, TCU, right? We'll talk about those questions facing them as the portal continues to turn, things of that nature. All right, that will do it for today's show. Find us on Twitter. Find us on uh, uh, at Josh Neighbors underscore and then at NWPod365. You guys can also find me every good podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, till next time, see you later.